welcome to Crossroads and Cauldrons. We are three witches with jobs, families, and busy lives just like you. We talk about weaving the web of community, practicing magic, and life in the Deep South. Hey everybody, this is Selena. And Luna. And Aoife. It is April 1st. April Fool's Day. I don't know. Oh. I didn't even look up anything Neither. about April. Oh, well. Um, the sun is finally in Aries, and I gods. couldn't be more excited about it. I'm going to talk about that <laughs> some more later. Right now, the moon is switching from Aquarius to Pisces early in the morning. So depending on when you listen to this, you might have a little bit of Aquarius moon energy. Um, wow. How are you ladies doing? Doing okay. Doing okay. Doing good. Yeah. Doing good. Um, let's talk about Aries for a minute. Okay. Um, I This past Pisces season and Mercury retrograde, I try not to blame things on, you know, the stars, yeah. but I really felt it this time. Usually Mercury retrograde doesn't really bother me at all. Mm-hmm. Pisces, I don't know. I got to look back through my journals and see how much it's bothered me in the past. <laughs> but um, wow, this this whole time has just been god i felt like i was walking through mud up to my neck and and mm-hmm. i don't think i was the only person experiencing no, that you weren't the only one i've had so many people come to me and be like what the fuck is going on with this retrograde <laughs> and i was like i don't fucking know it's awful it it was off it was difficult it was god i'm so glad that i i felt the shift when we shifted into aries i felt it and i feel it and i'm excited about it and I'm getting so much stuff done, and um, I'm like a little squirrel. You don't know how excited fire signs are <laughs> to be out of Pisces and into Aries. Mm-hmm. We're all really happy with life right now. I'm good. So, so how are things with you guys? You're a water <laughs> sign, so it, I don't I know. I am a water sign. Um, the most that I felt from it when we were in Pisces, it was like living through a Mississippi summer without the extreme heat. Does that make any sense? Yes, the the where you feel like you're inside a mouth. Right. <laughs> it's okay. Just like hot breath on Never. you all the time. Wow, we could take that analogy no. anywhere. Um, oh God, yeah. that's not what I meant. Kind of like that. Well. Yeah, it's just you know, sitting in a big bowl of oatmeal. You you can't walk. You can't move. You can't do anything without feeling like you're being pulled pulled down or uh, you can't breathe. Buried in like, whatever uh, you're working on. Yeah. So, um, I feel like you're drowning. Right. A little bit, a little bit. So, um, that's the most that I got from it. I was, I had a lot going on. Yeah, you did. Before the end of that. So I just recently had knee replacement surgery. She has a bionic knee. I do. And, uh, was not expecting it to be a full, ended up being a full. So if, uh, if I sound kind of a little off today, y'all, I do apologize. I'm under some really great pain managing medication right now. And this was just last week, right? It was. It'll be a week Monday. Gosh. Wow. You're a badass for being here and recording today. You really are. (laughs) Like, she's propped up. She's looking fantastic. No, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I would. I'm looking right at you. Oh, y'all so sweet. (laughs) I love y'all. Love you. Uh, so our our resident Virgo, you're you're an Earth sign. So how was the Pisces season for you? I am an Earth sign, but my Sun is my only Earth sign. I'm oh, you've got a lot fire. of fire. I have a lot of fire. I was all in my feelings during Pisces season, and then Mercury that. retrograde just compounding on that. So many technical difficulties. Mm. <laughs> so many. I noticed a lot of people, people who are not normally sensitive to astrological energies, mm-hmm. noticing this one. Yeah. Taking it's note. Strong. Yeah. You know, people who just kind of brush it off like, huh, Mercury retrograde, whatever that's BS or, you know, even they were complaining about a lot of technical difficulties, a lot of communication mm-hmm. problems and being all in their feelings. Right. And as soon as we hit Aries, I felt that shift, and it was like a weight off of mm. my shoulders. It was fabulous. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm not one of those people that necessarily thinks it's BS, but I definitely think that, um, you know, we you can't you you be aware of the energies that are at play and work with it, flow with it, and then you won't be feeling it as much. 
Um, I usually don't have a lot of trouble during Mercury, but mm-hmm. during Jupiter retrograde for like six months out of the year um, mm-hmm. is usually when I'm like, mm, nothing feels good right now. Um, <laughs> but this time I really felt it. And there were so many miscommunications and just, just bleh. Ugh, I'm glad it's gone. And I don't really know how Pisces deal with that. Does I feel like that all the time? God, I, I hope not. I, hope I wouldn't think No so. wonder they have that whole escapism thing, right? <laughs> Me too. I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> I just want to run away 95% of the time. Yeah. I'm Cancer. <laughs> I'm ruled by the moon. So if the if you know if you say you've never felt a retrograde or anything like that, um just think of the planet that your sign is ruled by. Mine's the moon. And getting a little personal here, gals and guys. Um, you know, when I was a teenager, my mom knew I was gonna be hell on wheels if we had a full moon on the day of my period starting, just get out everything the my doll the just throw it out cookies yeah. the chocolate just bring it all out because uh yeah now i'm i'm sensitive to moons too yeah so but yeah it i can imagine that's some increased for for cancers mm-hmm. yeah little girl usually a little stronger okay this is the last the last episode in our series on the witch's pyramid so um this is the top point of the pyramid, and it's been labeled to go. Now, this wasn't originally part of the witch's pyramid or the original four powers. Um, so it was added in later by Aleister Crowley um, during his Golden Dawn era. Um, and so there's a lot of traditions that don't include this point at all. Um, so we're going to include it because... Some traditions do include it. Uh, I I feel like hmm, I feel like I'm I'm running right off the edge of the rails, but I'm gonna get back on. Um, the the idea of this point is is a combination of all the other points. So the idea is that this point represents spirit. So when all the other four elements, earth, air, fire, water, are combined, when their powers combine, um, then you activate that top point of spirit Mm -hmm. and that's sort of where your magic is released into the universe it's uh related to the crown chakra all of that um but also everything all of those other four elements are drawn from spirit those are it's like when you shine light white light through a prism and it breaks out into its colors that's kind of the idea with um that spirit embodies all of those things and they come from it and when you have them all together, you can create with it. Any ideas? I think the word to go is kind of a misnomer. I don't know. I have to I have to do some some mental gymnastics to make it to make the phrase to go work with spirit. I can see it with the concept of raising energy and doing spell work, but when you're just talking about working with the element of spirit. I don't see it as an active thing. Like to go sounds like you're going to run away, right? You're going to move. And spirit is infuses everything and is everything and is the combination of everything. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's, it doesn't feel as active as like to will and things like that, that you're actively pushing your work out there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you guys want to talk about that? I think maybe to be might have been a better. Oh, yes. I can get on board with that for sure. Yes. Rather than to go. Right. I don't know. No, I'm with you. To be. That's. I'm going to rework the witch's pyramid. (laughs) Steal your idea. Do it. Right here. I like that. Copyright IFA 2019. (laughs) I mean, seriously. Now that makes more sense because because it is that we're going to talk more about spirit in just a minute. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk more about that. So so let's break that down. Let's do it right now. Let's um, do it. Spirit. This is one of those elements that's difficult to define, and everybody defines it in their own way, um, because it is it's not as tangible. Like the other four elements, you can you can see them, you can create them, you can swim in them. You know, you can experience them on in, in the physical. Um, so for spirit, I mean, I personally think you can experience spirit in the physical as well. Um, 
but the main sort of overculture has this idea of the spirit as one single unit. Like you have your body and you have your soul, right? And as if it's one solid thing. But that's not, that's only one way of looking at it. Um, many, many, many cultures and traditions see the soul as as having layers, as having different different energetic parts. Um, there are parts that come from your genetic line, your DNA. There are parts that come from your your culture, you know, um, where your people are from, um, the energy of the land where you were born, the energy of the time when you were born. Um, all of those things make up a piece of your soul, like a legitimate piece of your soul. If I, I don't know. I think it's one of those paradox things where it's both at the same time. Explain that. I mean, just like we were talking about all the four elements combining to create the element of soul, you have all of these other elements, you know, your ancestry, your genetics, your land, your culture, everything combining to create the one. But then you also have that other element of every soul that is currently living, every soul that has ever lived, every soul that will ever live combining to create the element of spirit. Of spirit. And is that, so when you're looking at the individual spirit, this because we, we seem to claim ownership of our spirit. Like, this is my spirit. This is what my soul is telling me to do. Right. And each each one is so unique because it's a unique combination of all those different soul parts, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Including the universal soul, mm -hmm. you know? That's why we can connect with each other. That's why, um, you know, when you're miles and miles away and you have that person that you're really connected to, your mother, your daughter, your, you know, lover, whoever, um, and you can tell when they're upset about something. You know what I mean? Because you mm -hmm. can feel it in that universal soul piece, right? So, yep. yeah, that that that's kind of how I view it personally is that each of our individual souls is made up of all of these pieces. Um, we're going to talk more about what happens after you're done with it later in the episode. But yes, yes. it's like opening me to that conversation and I'm like, "Stop, stop breaks. Don't <laughs> talk about that yet." Um, okay, so Luna, what are your thoughts on the soul? What well, does it mean to you? I mean, you know, you grow up being taught, um, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. The body is temporary. It's, it's only here for a short period of time. Um, but your spirit is forevermore. Um, I'm sure there are teachings that go against that, but I have not heard any um, over many, many years. So, and, I, and I'm drawn to the to the pinnacle every time you talk about or in the pentagram earth air fire and water and then you have spirit combining all into one mm -hmm. so when you look at it in that respect it really does spirit holds all the others together does that make sense yeah that makes sense and being that spirit is eternal it is ever flowing ever changing but never dies the way that we know things die then it just makes it even more significant. Right. Making sense. You are making sense. Okay, good. The drugs have not gotten you that bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I, I see what um, what you're saying. The different points on the pentacle, probably, maybe everybody knows this. I don't know. Um, each, each of those points represents an element, and spirit is at the top. So to me, it's kind of a little mini representation or or increased symbolism within the pentacle is is that it also represents that pyramid and everything mm -hmm. puts spirit at the top right right the crown is related to spirit the crown mm -hmm. chakra um everything the tree of life that top sphere is all of is all of that kether energy is the same thing that we're talking about everything has spirit like elevated at the top there right and in every every representation of it Spirit infuses all of the others, activates all of the others, feeds all of the others. And exactly. they, and to connect to that, you have to connect with each of these other things because they're easier to work with because they're here in the physical with us. Right. So 
Anyway, that was that. I don't know if I made any sense there. So I want to talk about, we, we've talked about the idea of the soul not being one solid, you know, soul for each person. They have, you have your soul and that's just yours and mm-hmm. it comes from only you and is for only you. And I don't know. We'll talk about more about what happens after in a minute. Um, but I want, if, if there are, if the soul is in fragments or in, in separate individual pieces, and I've experienced this personally, um, the idea I want to talk about is trauma and how that affects the soul. And when you experience trauma, you get fragments. Your soul sort of, I'm, I'm sure everybody has had an experience where they felt broken, you know. And mm-hmm. I think on an energetic level, you are in a way broken. And a little piece of you remains with that trauma until you mm-hmm. do the work to go back and retrieve it and find it and join all of those pieces. Um, and this happens when you experience a trauma that causes you to repress it. Right. Or you, you go through any of the psychological um, defense mechanisms to separate yourself from that, mm-hmm. that moment. And that, but that little piece of yourself is still there. And so to completely do your healing, um, you have to go find those pieces and integrate them and, and heal them and walk them through that trauma mm-hmm. and bring them back home. Um, one of the exercises, uh, or, or, or one interpretation of that is called singing the, the soul home. And I actually had an experience with that in meditation and it was extremely profound. And that was one of the big moments for me that made this less an intellectual concept you know, sure, we can talk about energy bodies and soul fragments and, you know, different energetic fields of your soul and whatever. But when you see it, <laughs> when you see little pieces of yourself that you didn't know mm-hmm. had been separated, and sometimes it's not massive, huge traumas, you know, sometimes it's, it's, small. it's things that you didn't realize, mm-hmm. you know, cut you so deeply. Right. And you find those pieces and you integrate those. And, you know, it seems like there's always more, more mm. that you have to keep doing that work. You have to keep going and looking for those pieces. Um, so, so, gosh, I, without going into too much personal detail, I guess, have you guys had experiences where, where you felt like you were broken or you felt like part of your soul was left behind in some piece of trauma in your life? Of course. Yeah. I mean, going back a few episodes ago when I talked about my shadow experience, you know, sometimes these pieces show up in the most extraordinary, surprising ways. And mine just happened to manifest as a shadow version of myself. And that's just my spirit manifesting in a way that I'm able to interact with it so that I can face those traumas that created that specific break and heal it and integrate it back. And I'm still doing the work. I'm not saying like, oh yeah, it just happened a couple of months ago. I'm on that and it's healed like (laughs) instantly because I'm so awesome. No, I mean, I'm still doing the work, you know, Mm -hmm. and, but that's how, that's how my spirit knew that I was best able to handle this is to be able to look at myself, which is why I see it as, looking at myself in a mirror, only a shadow version. Um, it might, it might manifest in different ways. And I don't think that this particular incarnation of my past trauma is every single trauma I've ever experienced in one. I'm sure that there are others and I'm sure that I'm going to experience them in a bunch of different ways. It just so happens that I experienced this specific one in this specific way. So Sometimes it presents itself in surprising ways. That's true. Yeah. I, I think for for myself, my perspective of the shadow is that the shadow is one of your soul parts, mm-hmm. your shadow self, and right. your s- fragmented soul parts can be part of that or mm-hmm. part of any any other part of your of your soul anatomy. Um, so, but I feel like the shadow is part of. It's an active part. Yes. For my for my own experience. It's it's an active part that's always present and shadow work always needs to be done. Always. Always. Um 
but I, I don't know for me that my soul fragments, it, it seems like the shadow sort of knows where they are. <laughs> right. Maybe looks out for them. Um, but it feels separate. It feels like when those pieces were, um, sort of re digested, <laughs> re merged back in, um, it didn't feel like those were missing from that shadow part, but that they were living in that shadow area. I'm not yes. making sense. I sound like a cuckoo. No, clown. you absolutely no, do yes. make sense. Yes. Yeah, you do make sense. You do. I think uh, if you, ever, you could also think of your shadow self as that part of you who is able to hold safe that part of you that was broken. Absolutely. Yeah. That part of you that you could not face at that period in time. So the shadow is like, okay, baby, come on over here, and I'll go and take care of you for a little while while Mama gets her shit together. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, which is a good, I, you know, I think it's a good analogy for that. Yeah. Because I've had things happen to me and not realize at the time that it had affected me as strongly as it had. And it wasn't until many, many years later, um, without getting into too much detail there, that it actually started to pop up. And it was like, hey, you know, don't don't forget about me over here. Or did you think it's about this? It's time to heal me now. Yeah. I'm ready. Do you remember when this happened? You know, we, we need to address this. Um, and and I believe that parts of you that are broken, and, you know, we, we're broken to heal. We're broken to learn. Um, because, you know, you can't. You can't just go, ta-da, this is a great new house. You have to build that house. Things break, things break down, things go wrong, and you have to go in and fix it and change it and repair it and make it what it needs to be. And I think by us failing, by us going through trauma, um, by, you know, learning and, and having these things happen, for us to have to go back and address that at a later time when we have our shit together, so to speak, where we've learned more so we can address it at that time. Because a lot of times when this stuff happens, we don't have the ability to address it. Right. And I think that's why our shadow really just kind of holds that part of us back, you know, like a like a, like a scorned child or a hurt child. The shadow is going to hold that part of you back just until you get the talents or the knowledge that you need in order to address and fix and help that that uh, part of yourself. I would agree with that. Um, if you've ever experienced um, repression, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. legit repression, those um, memories of whatever the trauma was completely disappears from your mm -hmm. brain. Like it, it didn't happen. And then you're able to continue your life like normal, which mm -hmm. is kind of, you know, on one level it's like you were living a lie. Like you had no memories of right. these traumatic events. Um this happened to me in early childhood and gosh, part of it kind of puts you back in danger's way though, doesn't yeah, it? it does. Because you don't have a memory of the danger, but also you can function. And then, and then later when you're older, more mature, able to ready to heal, like you were saying, mm -hmm. those memories come back and you're like, what the hell? How did I forget this? <laughs> and, and then you're almost re-traumatized from the, emergence after right. repression. So yes, I absolutely think that um, spiritually that's where those traumas and those memories and those parts of you sort of go mm -hmm. to to be healed and be transformed and, and wait until they're until you can handle it. Right. You know? Right. Um, or you'd or you'd have a complete breakdown. You wouldn't be able to function, mm -mm. you know, at that time. So I think that, you know, the shadow is always an is ever present and part of part of your healing part of your work it's not mm -hmm. something to to fight or or be afraid, know, afraid of or, be or afraid conquer of. Mm -hmm. or um, get rid of yeah yeah it right. just it just is all of your fears mm -hmm. yeah. you don't have to be afraid of it it's just it's mm -hmm. just all of your fears right. <laughs> um okay cool so um i think we talked about that a lot so let's talk about um within the framework of spell work this this fifth point this to go or I really like your variant uh, to be. I'm seriously adding that to my. This is going into my personal practice. That was that was wonderful. Copyright. Um, I'm telling you. Copyright. <laughs> Eva, I'm, I'm going to wait for my royalties. Crossroads and Cauldrons podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as within spell work, 
we've talked about this a million times. We're going to talk about it some more. Um, the idea is that you want to you want to vibrate and activate as many um, correspondences as possible with with whatever you're trying to manifest. So let's give me a for instance, Aoife. What are we trying to manifest? I want to manifest a new car. <laughs> a new car. Oh my gosh. Okay, so if you wanted to manifest a new car, you're going to try to vibrate on the on the level of that new car. You're going to get a picture of that car. You're going to whatever color you want that car to be, you're going to get that. You're going to um let's see commerce travel. You're going to uh get some Hermes energy into that. You're going to get some prosperity into that. Um, you're going to try to vibrate on every level. You're going to activate, you're going to get incense that is in alignment. You're going to get visualizations that are in alignment. You're going to, you know, I don't know, put some, put some new car smell in your house, <laughs> uh, whatever it is, you're going to activate all of your senses. Okay. To be in alignment with that. Of course you had to pick a new car. Um, and you're going to you're going to try to activate all of the elements on that level as well to vibrate in harmony with whatever it is you're trying to manifest. Um, and when you have all of those pieces together, they 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 vibrate at such a um, it's like playing it's like playing notes. I always think of it musically, like when you play one note on a piano versus when you're playing a chord, you have a stronger sound. Right. Yes. So um, the universe hears it more. It, it draws those similar energies to you. Um, so with the cone of power, this fifth element, when you get all of those things vibrating in tune, it's going to activate that and you're going to send it out. And it and it and, and I really like your your reference of to be. I think that's why it has the word to go, because as the cone of power you're sort of sending out your energy to manifest. But as it pertains to the element of spirit, it's already manifested. It's already somewhere. On right. some level, it already exists. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's where I kind of have that disconnect with, with the element of spirit and to go. But I can see it within the cone of power, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing a lot of hand movements now. No one can see them. <laughs> Let's talk about the concept of a pyramid for a second. The topmost stone of any structure is called a capstone. The mm -hmm. topmost stone, the capstone of a pyramid is really interesting. And it's got a special name. It's called a pyram pyramidion. I love that word. I know. Isn't it Say great? It again. Pyramidion. So what a pyramidion is, if you think about the blocks that create the structure of the pyramid, they're rectangular blocks, but your pyramidion is a small pyramid in and of itself topping the pyramid. So it's a small representation of the whole. Of the whole, yes. And that's really powerful imagery of what we're talking about this point in the pyramid right now, because all of the lower quote-unquote, lower points, the other four founding blocks of the pyramid converge at the top to create the pyramid. So it's kind of that as above, so below. Yes, it's the microcosm, yes. macrocosm. That is so a very cool way to look at it. I yes, like so you're manifesting, and it comes together and creates the whole. Mm -hmm. in the and then you have that whole point. hologram thing. Oh, my gosh. The holographic universe. The holographic universe. I freaking yeah. love it. If you yeah. haven't read that book, please read it. It's the Go most it. amazing, mind-blowing stuff ever. The book is called The Holographic Universe, The Revolutionary Theory of Reality by Michael Talbot. Read it. Read it again. Read it. Amazing. It's mind-blowing. It's a really easy read. It's a lot of really deep concepts, but it's a very easy read. Especially for those who are really sciencey, the sciencey ones. I like sciencey things. I like sciencey so things too. I enjoyed it. So the next thing we want to talk about is change. So we've talked about repeatedly over the past several <laughs> episodes. Mm -hmm. um, magic essentially is change. Magic is never stagnant. Magic is not. If you're if you're doing magic to keep something the same as it is right now, hang it up. Because mm -hmm. that's not what magic is about. It's about transformation. It's about alchemy. It's about 
change and growth. And I mean, look at everything in nature's constant changing. Um, gosh, even down to like all of our particles and molecules are always moving and changing from one form to another and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so if you are resistant to change, you're going to struggle magically. You're going to struggle spiritually. Mm -hmm. If you, um, yeah, pretty much if you're resistant to change, it's, 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 it's going to be difficult for you because the soul, the spirit, what we're talking about here is constantly striving for growth and transformation and new, new um, pathways and new things to learn. Mm -hmm. And if you want to just be stagnant forever, I don't know why you're, why you're um, a witch or a magician. Agreed. Agreed. How many, how many witchy 101 books are out there? One million. One million. And probably one million of them define magic as creating change in accordance with will. Yep. So if you're resistant to change, <laughs> if you don't like change. If your will is for everything to stay the same. Right. Um, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. It's going to be difficult. Yeah, it's going to be really difficult. I mean, you can't create change if you're resistant to it. Plain and simple. That's true. So get used to work. change. Do the work. Be, Do the be, work. be ready to be open to experience growth, especially spirit lessons. Um, they come when they come. Um, yeah. Gosh, I'm just thinking of how often they sort of sneak up on you and you're like, oh, that was on my list for later. Right. <laughs> but I guess we'll explore that now. Mm -hmm. um, oh, man. Yeah, and when, that's why uh, whenever you feel like everything is sort of going real smooth and you're in the flow and everything's nice, and then, bam, you get sort of blindsided by something that really makes you tear down the walls and mm -hmm. reevaluate and really look at yourself and what you're doing and how you're doing things. Um, you have those initiations and those, those opportunities for transformation. Mm -hmm. um, so they're coming. If they're, if they're not already at your door and you can, you can take the opportunity to view it as a lesson and view it as, you know, what am I learning? What am I taking away? How am I growing? How am I changing? Mm -hmm. Or you can do everything in your power to push things back to the way they were and you're going to be fighting against the current. And be really disappointed. Well, yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're always looking for new levels of of normal. <laughs> yes. Well, uh -huh. things are going to change. You, anything in your life is not going to remain exactly the same all the time. I'm struggling with that right now. Really? My daughter, <laughs> I talk about her a lot. I also have a son. He's nice. Um, <laughs> look, they listen to the podcast. So. Uh, do they really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so my daughter is, gosh, she's going to be mad at me. Uh, my daughter is beginning to come of age uh -huh. and um and I'm not thrilled about it oh like you would think that I knew this was coming in there and yeah. may maybe on some level that I I knew this would probably happen right um but now she's a pupa and mm -hmm. I'm like stop be a baby again just right. sit in my lap and not take up the entire chair <laughs> you know well the oh, good news God. is is you will have moments there will be very small moments of that, but you will have moments of that again, and it doesn't matter how old they become. Okay. You are always their mama, and you they will always need you. It will always be when something is going wrong in their life. <laughs> Damn it, that's not what I want. <laughs> they will always want you. That's why I have two children as well. I have a son and a daughter, and they're both grown and have you know children of their own, but the kicker of it is, if I don't hear from them on a day-to-day -day basis during the week, I'm cool with that because no news is good news at that point. Right. If they start calling me every day, something's seriously messed up or they need money or, or something <laughs> has gone wrong, their car's broke down, or, you know, there's always something. Or something seriously has happened to one of their friends. That happens a lot, too. So I'm not saying everything is always because they need something from me. 
But usually when they when they call for mama, it, something something's off. Something's not quite right, or they really, really need that support because they don't get that from anywhere else. Well, I resist this change. Yeah, well, you can't. Don't <laughs> I know. I'm trying. Try your best I'm not to, to resist it. Because yeah. I, it's not good for her. It's not good for me. And no. Then, and and she lessons needs, will happen. Right. And she needs like to that. understand, too, her mama's only human. Oh, and God. She, she, <laughs> your, mama, your mama has only had you for this short of, sort of time, baby, so... You need to understand your mama's going through all these changes with you, which makes it doubly hard on her. So both of y'all just need to be patient, and you just need to work through it. That's all you got to do. And I'm speaking from a place of experience. I've already been through it twice. Listen to her. She is wise. <laughs> this is directly to my daughter. Daughter, listen to the words of this wise woman. Right. Yeah. And if you want to come talk to Auntie Luna, you can do that too. <laughs> I'm going to send her right over here. Um, no, but, but you know, that's kind of what I'm talking about. If, yeah. you're, if you're resistant to change, you're, you're going to miss. See, I'm, miss I'm, missing, so I'm missing what she's doing now because I'm, I miss her being a baby. I know. <gasps> okay. I've cried about mine not being little anymore either. That's just one example. There's yeah. so many other examples of that. <laughs> I'm just going to stop talking about it. I'm okay. sure a lot of our listeners can, can, can relate to this. If you can't relate to this, just, just go with it. Just, just let me have my. Some of moment. your friends do, believe me. <laughs> you call your mother, right? Call she your went mom, this. unless you know you have an abusive relationship with your mom. Right. Then don't bring that back in your life. Right. Um, but call your mother figure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the last thing I want to talk about, I want to get back on topic. Yes. Um, we, we sort of danced around this a little bit in all of our conversations of what is the soul and what is the spirit and how mm-hmm. does it work. Reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Okay. So for, for me, my perspective, having not recently died, um, so this, this, you know, if anybody needs to step through and tell me otherwise, um, I feel like those different soul parts... The, the soul part that goes with your culture and the soul part that goes with your, with the universal, you know, spirit and the soul part that goes with your genetic DNA and those sorts of things. When you, when you die physically, those pieces go back from whence they came mm-hmm. to recon, to, to re, um, establish themselves in a new way. So right. when you reincarnate, you're not exactly the same person that you were before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and that's part of why you don't necessarily have all of the memories. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've done a past life regression, um, you get moments. You know, mm-hmm. you don't get a full life story. And that may be because only a, a small fragment of your soul or your spirit is from that particular life. You know what I mean? Maybe right. you got the genetic the DNA part, or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Um, so that's, to me, is how that works. The energy from your body is released back, and everything sort of goes back to where it came from, mm-hmm. which makes sense to me, right. you know, how, just knowing how energy works. Mm-hmm. And then it's re- reformed into a new new, co- a new combination. Right. But um, I think that kind of leads to I don't know I think about this within the framework of American society because we are so blended um our culture is such a blend of cultures so I wonder how our our cultural oversoul that how that is affecting us as as humans and individuals and I don't think we'll really see it for another few generations Mm -hmm. it's really Um, interesting isn't it? Especially mm-hmm. considering how we got here, colonialism. Right. right. Um, well, I know I have heard just recently, and I'm sorry I cannot specify exactly where I heard it, but that I've heard that like 85% of the newest generation of adults coming up are not interested in church activities like they were once in the past. I'm not interested in church activities. <clears throat> well... <laughs> And you're, you're part of that group, honey. Um, <laughs> but I think, but you have to think back too along to what church represented in years past, in generations past. That was, that was before TV. It was before entertainment. It was before cell phones and all of that, um, where that was where you got your socialization from. That was where you met your neighbors and got to talk business or, you know, just catch up with family. Um, today, everything is so broad. We're so connected in every way. 
I could see why it would be kind of waning off that church doesn't necessarily hold the same position in our lifestyle as it once did. Well, I think we have to remember, too, that there was a lot of um, pressure. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't have a lot of... You didn't have you didn't have options, and right. you weren't educated in any other way, and right. you were told from birth that this is the only way. Also, mm-hmm. if, if you don't do this, there's going to be a lot of eternal suffering. Right. So I, I feel like part of that is... is, is has an energetic root as well as we're shifting, you know, we're shifting into the age of Aquarius, like Mm -hmm. when exactly that occurs. I don't know. Um, But we're coming out of the age of Pisces. So that Piscean hierarchy and all of the um, focus on tradition and um, well, you know, like I said, hierarchy and, and rules and established Mm -hmm. order, all of that Piscean energy Exactly. Is shifting into a more Aquarian model, so mm-hmm. we're 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 allowing each other free expression more so, mm-hmm. and and I think that has a lot to do with that too. Right. Um. So yeah, it's interesting to watch the patterns. That's me. I like I'm really mm-hmm. big on patterns over yeah. the course of humanity. Like yeah. I want to see all these big patterns. <laughs> Sagittarius, sorry about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what our what our culture what our cultural oversoul will look like in a mm-hmm. few more generations. That's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting. You know, because the way we use those buildings, the way that we use knowledge, the way that we communicate now is so far, far different than it mm-hmm. used to be. And it's changed. I mean, just look at the last 10 years alone, the differences in, in how, we re- how we gain knowledge in communication. I think it works along the same, you know, I think Hermes is working Comes big back time. To, yeah, these days. it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But yeah, you're you're right, and and I think that. And I'm trying to get back we, to where I got that from. I apologize if I wandered for a moment there. If it pops into your mind, just blurt it out. Um, <laughs> we, I think, in some ways, we've lost some things. You know, we've lost a lot of personal connection, but I think we've also gained a lot of things because we have a a global perspective. We have more um, awareness of other cultures and other people and different types of people that are outside of our little bubble of community. You know what I mean? Our right. our understanding of community has expanded to include the entire world rather than just, you know, our local hometown, which I think, you know, again, being a Jupiterian type person... <laughs> I think it's great um, that we're able to experience different cultures and different ideas and and spread those things around and experience those. Um, I am constantly hungry for knowledge and information, and I feel like I would have been, well, one of two paths would have been laid out for me if I didn't have the ability to learn like I do. I would either be traveling all over the world, or let's face it, I'd be really slutty. (laughs) Uh, I'm just serious. I would have to occupy my time <laughs> some sort of way. Um, and going to church and swallowing doctrine would not, would not be it. Right. Wouldn't, wouldn't be okay. it. I'm sorry. I'm just, that's, I'm self-aware. Okay. Um, but you know, when my husband listens to this, he'll be like, mm-hmm, that's true. Um, but what, okay. We were talking about reincarnation. What happened? We were, and I'm trying to Eva. get back to that we point. Started, well, so we started, well, we started talking we went, about. We went off on a tangent. We started talking about um, the spirit of our, our culture, the American culture. I think that's, that's what right. it was. Yeah. yeah. And it got me, and I had a point and it just went, and I'm sorry, I, I blame, no, it, stop blame it, it on the drugs. Stop it. I blame your apology on the no, drugs. No, but so. I mean, you let's, had a good point. let's think about this for a second. Let's look at the American culture right now and how resistant a good chunk of our culture is to change. There's mm-hmm. all these callbacks of the good old days. We got to bring this right. country back to the good old days. Stop it. Stop yeah, it's garbage. Like, no, who was it a Those good old day for? Those days they were not good. They were not good. At least not for everybody, mm-hmm. boo-boo. Sorry. But mm-hmm. no. So, you know, going back to change and being open to change, oh, yeah. I think our, our country our spirit of our country needs to embrace. We're having kind of a, kind of a reckoning with that. I think we've, Mm -hmm. the change has reached a point where people are like, I guess I have to deal with this now. Right. Um, you do have to deal with it. So deal with it. Um, 
But we were talking about reincarnation. So I want to hear your thoughts on reincarnation, Eva. What did I just say? Reincarnation. You said it. Is that better? Stumbled through. Eva. Reincarnation. Reincarnation is one of those interesting topics for me because I've had some experiences, but I don't know how to feel about them yet because they're new. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. It I takes don't time to digest know. these things. I'm, it does. It takes a lot of time because I'm at that point where I'm such a skeptic. I am such an analytical Virgo. I'm such a skeptic that I like that. I like that about you. I need to be able to analyze things. I need to be able to break it apart, look at the pieces, put it back together, and understand it. And I'm still at a point where I'm looking at experiences of past life images and trying to figure out, am I just making this up? Probably not. (laughs) But I need to work through it because I've heard a lot of different theories about past lives. You know, the soul keeps coming back, that sort of thing. I've also heard that it's not really that, that it's all genetic that memories are stored in our DNA. And because we get our DNA from our parents, we have DNA and memories from our line of succession. So there are a lot of different theories out there. And I don't know that I've landed on, bam, this is what I believe. On how you feel about it. Yeah. And it may, cha- it may continue to change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, like, I like what you said there about the um, memory being hereditary. Yeah. For me, that's how I view the, um, the soul part that comes from your DNA because right. it's not a memory that you formed in your life experience. Right. You know, it's something that you inherited, um, but it's not a physical trait. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it must be a spiritual trait. Absolutely. So that to me represents a soul part. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they find those little bits of information, I think that's bringing us back to an understanding of the spirit and how it works that, you know, the ancients had already. They had that concept and we're just finding ways to uh, validate that in, you know, whether they intend that or not, um, for me anyway. But I do think that, and and I'm with you on that, and probably until I die, I'm going to be like, mm, let's see what happens. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. Um, but I do think that that's the work of the witch, for me, for myself, for my practice, is doing uh, all of the healing work and um, being able to align those those soul parts in such a way that they'll be able to stay together. Mm-hmm. And so that in my next life, I will remember what I am, that I'm a witch, that I have this knowledge that I worked and gained. And maybe maybe in past lives I did this also, and maybe that's why I'm drawn to this work. Yeah. You know, and I feel like it's just a part of evolution. I don't know. Let me, I'm going to work out my feelings more deeply on this, but I do feel like humans evolve and we've, we've all met people that we feel like are very new, you know, not necessarily to life, but new on a soul level. Mm -hmm. And they just seem like they doesn't matter how old they are. They just don't grow up. They just don't mature on a spirit in a spiritual way. Or in any other way. Um, and you feel like through reincarnation, they're going to continue to grow. You, you've met children, I'm sure, that you felt like this this kid's been around the block. This is an old soul. Um, so how does that happen? How do we, I mean, maybe that's just different different people's personalities, but you feel it on an energetic level, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and the more you grow and heal, the less you can relate to those who are not growing and healing. You know, so I feel like we evolve in that way um, spiritually and we continue to evolve. And at some point we heal enough or do enough work that we reach. I don't know if we reach a certain level that that we start to experience life as as witches and we're actively doing that work. I don't know. I don't know where do witches even come from. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. But I do think that we're called to it or drawn to that either because we have previously done this sort of work in another life and evolved to that point where we remember, mm-hmm. you know, that coming home feeling, that mm-hmm. feeling of this is familiar to me, that new witches 
thing to have. I had. Yep. You know, and mm-hmm. I was a teenager, but it felt like I was coming home. It felt like, oh, this was the peace. Right. I remember this, you know, mm-hmm. and that feeling in my mind comes from having done the work previously or having evolved to a point where you were ready to do the work previously. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. And then after we're done evolving here as much as we can experience and do, I feel like we continue on on a spiritual level. That's where you get your mighty dead and your ancestors that help, you know, you become teachers and and guides, master teachers. mm -hmm. And who knows what's after that? I don't know. Right. After you level up, get your firepower. I don't know. Then you'll, (laughs) I don't know what's after that. Mm -hmm. After that, when guardian Leviosa. When guardian love you. So I'm just, I don't know. I'm exploring ideas. I'm exploring my personal experiences and feelings and, and those of others and trying to piece the puzzle together, yeah. which I may never be able to do. And that's cool. I like um, thinking about it. Yeah. And I'm fascinated by stories of reincarnation. You know, you hear about these yeah. kids who talk about mm-hmm. their oh. former lives as if it's common knowledge. Oh, when I was a grown up, my kids did that. It's weird. It's fascinating. <laughs> it is fascinating, but it's creepy when your children have a memory of something that never happened to them, but or to you. But you can, can experience play it. Piano sonatas flawlessly. And yeah, is, where does know, that come from? Yeah, stuff like that. Stuff I like I have. They didn't give him enough forget juice. I have when like he came back through twenty nieces and nephews. Okay, <laughs> I know toddlers. All right. right. I know them. I know how their little minds work. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's about chicken nuggets and making messes. It's not about playing a, Mm -hmm. you don't have enough time of your fingers actually working. That is not a memory that that person was able to. (laughs) I don't know. I want to study that more. I don't want to speak for prodigies. I want a prodigy to come and speak for me and (laughs) and, and speak and tell us how, how. (laughs) Right. Because I bet they're going to go, hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just happened. Soul memory. All right. Any anything else you guys would like to add to this topic? Well, I full on believe in reincarnation. I always have. Um, I actually had a very stressful um conversation with my grandmother and my aunt about this at one time when I was about thirteen. And they were like, No, it is there is no reincarnation. We we are born, we die, we go to heaven or hell, whichever you choose, and that's it. And I was just like, well, that's really a bummer way to think about life in general. Um, that's not how energy it's works not. at all. <laughs> and I've had dreams, I've had experiences of deja vu, I've met people who I have felt I have known my entire life. And, you know, yeah, like us, us is a great example. Um, you know, you meet people like that, and you're like, God, I've known you before. Where have I met you before? And you can't put your finger on it. And you may never be able to because it probably wasn't on this plane uh, during this time. So you have to think about things like that. And then my question is, okay, well, if you're not supposed to remember them from this previous life, what was it that happened so strongly? What was the connection that was so strongly between you two that it was brought back into this re- this incarnation? What are you supposed to learn from that? And then you really start getting onto the freaky stuff. Um, I had a a uh, guy present to me one time. He says, here's something for your thought, because we were talking about reincarnation. Duh. <laughs> and he goes, he says, well, think about this. He says, what if you are one intelligent being and you created this entire thing and every person on this earth is you in an individual life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've lived the life of every person on this earth. And everyone and every will time, be. And every world, you know, and everyone that will be. And you have lived every life, and you're just simply doing this as a science experiment, and you're going from person to That will mess with your head. No, that's exactly how I see Yeah, it. that will give you a migraine. It actually gave me a migraine the first day that I started thinking about that. I was like, <laughs> I cannot think about those. No, but I think about, like, like we have individual cells in our bodies. That right. When you zoom in, they don't even actually touch each other. They don't. You know? Mm-mm. Um. And they each have a specific part and a specific experience. Like the cells on my hands experience a totally different life than the ones on my back, you know. Mm -hmm. But they're all part of me. I experience Mm -hmm. them as part of me. So I feel like the divine mind, that great spirit Mm -hmm. is is everyone. Mm -hmm. And we're just experiencing it from our perspective. 
Right. Or mostly water. There are no two water droplets the same. There are no two snowflakes the same. Now I'm just sitting here looking at my hands. <laughs> <laughs> they were such you big, know? strong hands. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. The never-ending story. I know. Yes, I know. That, that's well, that's kind of one. exactly what we're talking about, the never-ending right. story. Right, a little bit. Indeed. Yes. Yes. We we are the song that never ends. We are. Um, oh God, don't get me going on I won't, that one. Please I will don't never do it. Forget it. Don't don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But let's, yeah. So so are we good on? Um, are we good on reincarnation? reincarnation? I think I. You said something and it made me think of a thing, and then I'm and then I'm went. waiting for it to come back into okay, my brain. I'm so sorry. No. It pops up again. Huh? You made me think of it. So um, <laughs> re make me think of it. I don't okay. remember. You were talking about something. Oh. Oh, you were talking about. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh. Oh, Hold on, is. it's almost there. Oh, I can, <laughs> I can feel it. Um, gosh, you were talking about you. You know, you either go to heaven or hell, and that's it. Yeah. Um, there is no reincarnation. There's no reincarnation. Oh, oh well. question. Okay. I remember, mm-hmm. since you brought up uh, the belief that there's heaven, there's hell, there's no reincarnation. Has anyone experienced any uh, reincarnation flashes from in between lives. Yes. No. I have two, and mine. Mine has always been within a life. That's what has given me the most pause because it's so bizarre hmm. that I'm literally taking so much time to unpack it. <laughs> it it is one of those moments. It. For me, it was realizing because you're experiencing it, and you're just like, "What the hell is going on? What, what, what is going on?" And then it clicks. Oh shit, I'm in between. And then everything becomes insane. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes, I have had, um, I've had an experience like that. I'm trying to remember the exact details, but it's very, very for me. I've never had an experience like that. That's the new one of in between. Just you wait. I've always had something like um, within the antebellum days, I have had uh, several dreams of old houses. And I'm interested to see if I'm ever going to come across those in real life. That would be cool. If I'm ever in a place where there's signs Uh or house numbers, I'm looking for like numbers and street (laughs) names. Yes. Um, I had, I think, the most bizarre. in it in the physical experience was I it didn't have a body like mm. it was like pre it was very strange mm. um but it was like pre humanoid I don't know we're gonna sound some we're gonna sound crazy and people are gonna stop listening don't yeah, stop we listening actually, y'all. we may actually get some people pop up and go hey me too hey me too y'all aren't that crazy or we're all crazy <laughs> Woo-hoo. I think that we've we've talked this into the I ground so um Luna you want to tell us what's going on. So our next new moon will be in the sign of Aries. New moons have a way of moving us into action or spurring us into action. The Aries new moon really lights the fire underneath us, which is what's getting us out of this Pisces reflection series that we've been in. The moon, more than any other new moon of the year, this one has the potential to spark some major changes for ourselves. It's a time to try something new, be innovative, express yourself, and assert your presence Without being aggressive, start a new project, or just simply break your routine. And that's our lunar lesson. I'm very excited about I all of too. Aries has got me excited. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Um, all right, so we're slowly running out of myths to dispel, but we have one for today. Okay. Um, so there is a concept within, I don't know, the world of white magic versus black magic. Mm, you know? We got a lot down here. And, uh, oh yeah. And some people are happy, happy to practice white magic, whatever that is. But they're terrified of black magic. And for me, and I, I don't... <laughs> You can't be that polarized, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's when you that's when you end up with this whole concept of good and evil. Right. You know what is what is good and what is evil. Um, you tend to have everything sort of pushed over onto the same side, like everything that's light or day or male or good ends up being clumped together, sort of erroneously, and then you have female and dark and night and evil and things that just don't actually go together Mm -hmm. being sort of lumped onto opposite sides of the spectrum. And that's where you end up with black magic versus white magic. Um, 
and it, it it's just kind of hogwash. Um, magic is a spectrum. And so for me, kind of my red flags go up when people are like, oh, I'm a white witch. I don't practice black magic. And I'm like, what's black magic? What what color is your magic exactly? Mm-hmm. Um, because even when you're doing healing work, you know, you're causing damage to a living thing. Like whatever the spirits of disease or the actual physical representation of disease within you is you're working to remove it or to kill it. Right. So would you consider that black magic or white magic? I mean, it's a living organism, right? Right. Um, Not like disease presents itself as a big fluffy bunny and that you're out to kill it because it's eating your friend's leg or... Oh, your friend's leg. You're, you know... Like I'm sorry. I'm a little... <laughs> particular about that yeah. right now. Um, but, <laughs> but but truly, like, but how if do you, you have a virus, yeah. you know, and you're killing, you're healing the virus, mm-hmm. what are you doing to it? Mm-hmm. That's a living thing. You're killing it. it. Is. So is that white magic or is that black magic? Mm-hmm. What what constitutes white magic? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that's one of those things that sort of gets in my crawl is um, <laughs> people put down someone else's magic as evil, you know, right. just because it's not their brand of magic or exactly. or because they're afraid. Like when you don't do something out of fear mm-hmm. and you don't even like take the time to understand it, mm-hmm. what what is that? What is that? I don't know. Like don't, that's, mm, that's what they do. Let's don't do that. Right. That's what others do. They look at what we do out of fear mm-hmm. and mark it as evil because they don't understand. We right. can't do the same thing to each other. Well, it's because they don't understand it. They 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 have been taught. I believe they've they been taught have, to believe. But we haven't. Right. No, we haven't. But they, they have been taught to believe that anything outside of what they believe to be true, to be real, to be fact, is evil. And, you know, bless them. I hope that one day that they realize that that is complete bunk um and and that it's more of a control tactic, tactic. but we need to we need to know that too we can't right. sit with our magic and Mm-mm. say well my magic is good and other people other forms of magic are evil right and i'm gonna go ahead and throw out um i i think a lot of it has roots in racism as well could, you know yeah. the the magic that was high ceremonial magic that mm-hmm. was done in temples by educated people mm-hmm. versus root magic and magic that was done by women and by and the folk magic you know those things are looked down upon um you know and then of mm-hmm. course the label itself you have white magic and you have black magic well what do you consider black magic what do most people consider black magic oh well, i think i think the media has a lot to do with that too you start thinking of black magic you're thinking more along the lines of Especially here in the South, lines of voodoo and hoodoo uh-huh. and uh-huh. and African African cultures cultures. So uh, to me, that speaks of some latent racism. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yeah. absolutely. Because those are the cultures mm-hmm. that are viewed as their work is evil, right? And our work, or you know, the work of ceremonial magicians mm-hmm. and things like that, is right. is looked upon as good magic for the greater good, right? So I think that's all just bunk and magic comes in a variety of colors and flavors and, you know, yes, your intention has a lot to do with it, Mm -hmm. to do with how it's viewed, but also, God, I just don't think you can put such polarized labels of good and bad on your work, you know? Mm -hmm. I think everybody's doing the best that they can in that moment. Right. And yeah, I mean, people do things to hurt each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. I think I think people do that in all realms, not just magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think the magic itself is is evil, no matter what the intention is. No. It's it's like, um, gosh, okay. Here's here's one thing that my teacher uses as an analogy is um, is that of electricity, because we experience magic as energy. So electricity can be used to light a house, um, to run a hospital. Or it can be used to run an electric chair. Mm-hmm. You know, the the magic itself is not good or evil. And I think people, I don't even think people, I don't know. Well, I'll have to sit with that for a minute. I don't think people are inherently good or evil either. I think people do things that cause harm. And 
sometimes people deliberately do things to cause harm and enjoy it. Um, gosh, but I don't even know that you could take a person like that and label them inherently evil. Mm-hmm. You know, if if they serve in some way. God, I don't know. I'd have to sit with that because it's easy to be angry with people that do horrible things. Right. But then when you think about that that universal soul and that we're all part of that, you have to ask yourself what what is that <laughs> what is that mirror within yourself? Exactly. If this is a part of our shared humanity, you know, it's probably lurking somewhere. Yeah. Oof. Anyway, that's a whole big topic that I'm not going to get is. into. Black magic, white magic. <laughs> Bullshit. Stop talking about it like that. There are better words magic. out there. Let's find there better, are better words. words. Magic is a spectrum. You can you can talk about healing. You can talk about crossing. You can talk about cursing. You can talk about um, however you want to label it. Call it what it is. Be specific. Don't lump everything that is different into being also evil. Don't don't mix <laughs> don't mix your words. D- nighttime right. is not evil. Darkness is not evil. All right. Get it's your just, facts before you make your decisions. It's, it's dark. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's stop doing those those things. I don't like that. That's all we've got for you with this episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can leave us a voicemail at 769-230-0305 or find us on Facebook at Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast. You can also find our Instagram account at Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast. And guess what? I have an Instagram now. Uh Uh-oh. And it took me all day to get it (laughs) set up. Um, But, oh, I'm trying to remember. It's Selena of the Crossroads. And there's a little dot between every (laughs) word. Like, Selena dot of dot the. Oh, no, they're hyphens. They're They're hyphens. They're not even dots. Yeah. 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 we're just going to put our Instagram links in the description because that would be cool I can't too, remember. Because so, I have an Instagram account. What's well. yours? Luna's Lunar Lesson. Awesome. Aoife. I'm Aoife underscore witch. Spell Aoife. A-O-I-F-E. That's it. All right. So that's Instagram. Um, check us out and look, follow me because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing and it's likely <laughs> to get entertaining. Um also, you can search for our podcast um, at Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast on all your favorite podcast providers and subscribe to get our latest episodes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Blessed be. Bye, y'all. Bye.